Welcome to the third episode of the Season 3 Milk Podcast. In this episode, we will discuss mental health and social activism with the previous Milk executives from AITE. With that being said, my, my name is Rashawn. I'm a senior in high school and my pronouns are he, him. We also have Zoe. Um, she's a senior and her pronouns are she, her. Hi, I'm Ashlyn. I'm in 11th grade and my pronouns are she, her. Hi, um, my name is Lucas. I'm a junior and I, you can use any pronouns. Hi, I'm Maggie. I'm a sophomore and my pronouns are she, her. We also have Naomi. She's a senior and her pronouns are she, her, but she won't be able to make it to this episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Enzo. I'm a junior and my pronouns are he, him. Hello, my name is she. I'm a senior. My pronouns are he, him. And our special guest for today's podcast is the former Milk Azex. And my question for them is, what are you currently doing with your life after high school? You can also list your name, grade, pronouns, and majors, if you prefer. Hi, I'm Josh. Um, I use the He series. Uh, I'm currently um, in college. I'm majoring in math and music uh, at Tufts University. Um, and I'm currently in the process of applying to grad school for education. Uh, so yeah, what have I been up to since college? Um, to be honest, I haven't done a lot of like advocacy work. I'm a lot more like performing art stuff. I'm in a tap ensemble. I do uh, children's theater. I'm trying opera for the first time. Uh, a lot of fun things. Um, but the lessons that I've learned from Milk um, and the idea that like not stigmatizing mental health um, has really like stuck with me. And some like some of the decisions I've made um, has fully been based off of the lessons I learned at Milk. And for that, I'm very appreciative, even if I'm not directly advocating for it. Hi, everyone. My name is Emma. Um, I am a sophomore at Tulane University, which is crazy to think about because I only graduated in 2021 from AITE. Um, my pronouns are she, her, hers, um, and I'm a public health, psychology, and economics major. Um, and currently, oh my gosh, I'm doing everything at, in college. It's been, it's been so surreal, but it's been really great. Um, I joined the rowing team, I joined a sorority, all these things. And I think I've taken a lot of lessons from Milk here with me as well. Um, I got to join our chapter of NAMI, so I've been able to carry on some mental health advocacy in my time here. So yeah. I'm Jack. I'm a third year at Oberlin. I'm uh, he, him, and a neuroscience major. Um, I was in the conservatory for a piano too at the same time with neuro, but decided to stick with degree in the college. I you know, figured that was demanding enough. Um, I do, I'm involved in some research on campus on uh, Alzheimer's disease, and I'm a teaching assistant as well for uh, neuro. So that's pretty much where I am. Hello, everyone. My name is Geraldine Udibe. My pronouns are she, her, hers, Aja. I am a senior at the University of Connecticut. My major is political science with a double minor in urban community studies and global studies. What I'm doing with my life, um, that's the big question. 
<laughs> no, it's it's been going great. Um, the plan is to go to grad school soon, but I'm taking a, a semester off basically and traveling. And then um, I'm focusing on like political management and nonprofits. So that's going to be what I'm doing. And then relating it back to milk, I am president of Active Minds, a chapter here at UConn. So I've continued my mental health advocacy for the rest of my life, basically. Um, and I'm really excited to be here. Uh, hi, I'm Francesca Scato. I, my pronouns are she, they, and I actually graduated college. I did a five-year program, so I graduated in 2021 from Drexel. My major was chemistry with a concentration in biochemistry. And I guess currently I do research research and development at Duracell. I help the product design team. Um, and it's been interesting. Uh, I'm probably gonna go to go back to grad school, but I'm still looking into options there. In relation to milk, um, I did do some mental health uh, advocacy and so forth at Drexel. They were very big on like teaching um, students to be active in the community and so forth. Um, but uh, my major did consume a lot of my time, so I didn't get to do as much as I would have liked. How's it going, everyone? My name is uh, Brian Fleischer, and I uh, also, like Francesca, graduated from college. We actually both graduated AIT back in 2016. Uh, I went to Emory University, where I got a degree in um, business administration with a concentration in strategy and management. Graduated from Emory in 2020, and uh, aside from going home for a little bit during the pandemic, I've been living in Atlanta since, currently working for Accenture as a uh, sales consultant, soon to be a uh, operations consultant. And uh, yeah, very happy to be here. Uh, it's been a while since, uh, oh, I'm also uh, Maggie's oldest brother, if uh, you couldn't tell. Um, and yeah. I'm very happy to be here and looking forward to the discussion we're about to have. Okay, so moving on to our conversation section, our first question is in one word, how was your week? So I'll start. Um, my week was very all right. My week was busy. Uh, my week went very quick. My week was long. Definitely busy for me as well. My week was turbulent. <laughs> My week was definitely scattered. Um, My week happened. My, My week, week was stressful. My week was really cold. <laughs> my week was interesting. I would describe my week as distressing, personally. My week was disorganized. All right, so then moving on to our next question, which is in one word, how do you feel right now? 
I can go first. Um, I'll say I'm tired. Um, probably excited for me. We're, we're picking the same words, excited too. Got a lot to look forward to tonight. New episode of Last of Us. <laughs> I would say I feel nostalgic right now. I'm very stressed. I'm doubling the stressed. I feel very old right now. <laughs> I'm also going to run with stressed. <laughs> I'll, I'll say... Tired. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'll say relaxing. <laughs> um, I'll go with optimistic. I'm feeling at peace. I don't know. Is that one word? Is there a hyphen between that piece? I'm going to say that there's a hyphen, but if not, we can say peaceful. Uh, I'm going to say, for lack of a better word, excited, because uh, I don't know half these people, so I'm very interested in talking to you guys. Okay. Um, what is your favorite, cats, dogs, or cows? I personally like dogs the most. Um, I also gotta say dogs. Also, although um, cows represent milk, um, I just love dogs. Will always forever be a dog person. I have dogs to all the way. I have to say dogs practically cats as like going to visit people and like stealing their cats and then cows if they're the fluffy ones definitely cats oh you first i'm neutral cats for me i got jub jub right here um so my girlfriend really loves cats and i own a dog um so i'm gonna go with cows I'm a lawyer cow, so I'm the, I'm a cow. Definitely. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 50, 50 on cats and dogs because I used to be a dog person, but then I started cat sitting. Now I have an appreciation for both. Definitely cats. I absolutely cannot choose. They're all cool. Um, also, um, if you don't like cows, you're a coward. I'm going to have to run with dogs if we're talking about real animals, but if we were to move into the realm of stuffed animals, 100% cows. Uh, so we're going to move into like getting to know each other. So, I mean, we're all former or current milk execs. So I was just curious what made you want to advocate for mental health? Like, what made you get into that? If you're comfortable doing so, I think sharing uh, personal stories would be very helpful to this end. Uh, I can start. Um, in middle school, uh, personally, I didn't really have that great of a time. And I know a lot of my classmates didn't either. Like for lack of a better word, I think I was kind of like trauma dump slash therapist for a lot of my eighth grade friends. So 
I honestly just want really wanted to get into advocacy because at 13 and even going into high school, we were all so confused and no one really knew anything about mental health. I feel like if we had even like the slightest of resources available to us, that our lives would have been like so much better. So I decided to join Milk last year and I'm an exec this year. Um, so my, mine was actually really, really similar to Enzo's, at least my, my experience, because I was kind of similar where I heard and saw a lot of stuff that was going on and it just really, really sucked. Um, and my sister was in milk. Um, so you might know Ella, she was also a former milk exec. I was kind of hoping she'd be here cause then I could make fun of her, but, um, yeah, she, she was in it. So I had known about it. And it was kind of just, it was an interesting thing to me to kind of learn more about it and abdicate for it because I had seen so much of it in middle school and I didn't, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be different in, in high school, if that makes any sense. Um, I know that mental health in a lot of like school settings prior to high school, um, as Enzo and Lucas had said, was either not really discussed seemed kind of taboo or um like you could see it a lot like sort of in in the expression of your friends and other people and i know that i definitely um spent my years struggling with anxiety so i think from both a place of personal struggle and experience and also just sort of this drive to like bring that education to other people and then seeing that in milk with a group of strong leaders especially when i came to aite as a freshman um i think that really pushed me to like begin my mental health advocacy and start that journey and then you know once i sort of learned what that entailed it was really exciting to continue um i first got into it i think in middle school because um I know here in middle, we do middle school outreach, and I was at Schofield. It's kind of funny. Guy Josh was one of those people who presented in my class, and also Kevin, um, Brian's younger brother, and Maggie's older brother. So like, um, I think I remember, um, those two were presenting. I think hearing them was I felt very connected. And also my older brother Tarun, he also went to AIT. And you always talk about milk. We came back after the meetings. So I had some background knowledge about the club. So once I came to AIT, I knew that I wanted to like pursue a further. And also personally knew people who were um, suffering from mental illnesses. So um, I think most just gave me that drive to um, for um, garner that interest. Um, I think for me, what really led me to want to try milk um, is um, and not the not the liquid milk, like being in the club, just just to clarify. Uh, but I think what really led me to want to be in milk was um, I felt like um, I had a lot of like mental health issues growing up. I struggled with communication. I struggled with like expressing myself. I was anxious all the time. Um, and being in milk um, like allowed me to like surround myself with people who were like able to like share that. And I feel like that community is just like was so huge in a time where there was a lot of uncertainty, especially with like um, applying to college and like classes and like um, with all of that going on. Um, in addition, I felt like that community was some, something I wanted to be able to share with as many people as possible. Um, and that's what led me to advocacy.
to advocacy um, because with advocacy, I could sh help share that community with as many people as possible. Um, so, yeah. For me, I was in a similar boat as Sean and like similar to that middle school outreach. And like I joined AAT, had not that much clubs to know about. And as a freshman, I joined. And at a moment, I loved it. And then the pandemic hit. It was kind of hard for me to like understand what I want to do, especially moving on to freshman year. So I joined, I tried to interview, and as a sophomore, I kind of used my creative skills and try my best to like edit and have fun with stuff. And for me, I feel like mental health is really stigmatized because I'm more like the publicity and the media behind it. And because of that, it kind of like in a way kind of degrades what we actually value as humans to be like all of my son cliche but like i feel like being vulnerable is the best idea and ability for connection and i, I guess advocacy like what josh mentioned is wanting to find tools to communicate and support each other so that's why i want to advocate for mental health these are all great like answers um, <laughs> but mine is around the same lines. I wanted to advocate for mental health because I dealt with it myself growing up. Um, and it was something that's not talked about specifically in a Latina household. There's just like no resources or nothing to be known about it. And actually I looked up to the exec board when I joined Milk as a freshman and two girls on the exec board were Latina, which was Francesca and Allison. And so I was inspired to be just like them and to get to know those resources and stuff like that and also help other people. Um, I talked a lot when I was little and I was like, I need to do something with my voice. So I guess advocacy was the best part about that and just sharing my story. So that's why I started to advocate for mental health and overall just to, you know, be the person to speak out for others who can't speak. I think that's the biggest part of it is, you know, we're comfortable in speaking out and we know the stories and we're told stories. And sometimes people are afraid to do that. And so if we're comfortable in doing it and having them be heard, I think that's the most valuable thing that you can get out of this. I personally um, wanted to join Milk because one of my family friends, Aishwarya, who was also part of Milk, as she graduated, she was telling me about it when I was in middle school because I was like struggling myself. And she was like, there's this really good club at AIT that you should join and it would be really good for you. And then when I joined, I like realized that I really wanted to like out, like promote, like advocate for mental health and out do outreach, like middle school outreach, because in middle school, I didn't really know a lot about mental health and like what resources we had and like what mental health was it in of itself. So like really just being given that like community through milk just really helped me and made me want to like push it further. So like Geraldine mentioned, like in Latin households, it's not something that's really talked about. And um, actually when I joined milk, it was when milk was first starting out. So like Brian, we were part of the first exec board that uh, for the AITE chapter, at least. And um, I was definitely going through it um, for a lot of my life in terms of mental health. And so were a lot of my friends. And I realized that as much as I 
might have done my own research and education about it that like a lot of other people hadn't and I realized that either there were very little resources at the time or there just were not very well like advertised and so I wanted to be able to get it more out there and to be able to help my friends to help myself better and to just help start to remove the stigma around mental health um and it's been really nice to see the conversation around mental health change since being in high school and like how open people are about it um but it was definitely very different back when i was in high school and um i wanted to change that because to see like my friends struggling to be struggling myself and to be afraid to speak about it was very frustrating and i wanted to change that okay um so i'll go so obviously i had an older sister who's in the club so emma was in the club when i was a freshman and you know i was sort of trying to get my footing and like figure out aite because i had gone in into a weird situation where i'd known some of the kids and I hadn't and it was this big friend group and I was still sort of figuring out what I wanted and I was really confused and Emma was sort of like well hey here's this club like it's sort of removed from everybody else I really liked it it's been great for me try it and I think you'll like it and she was right and I ended up loving milk but also I had in middle school seen a lot of kids um, especially some of my really close friends struggle and I didn't know how to help them and I saw very quickly that the people who were at my school who were supposed to be able to help them didn't have the resources didn't understand how to start the right conversation you know etc you sort of run into the same issues within the school system and you know it made me want to learn more and learn how to do outreach and like learn about resources that kids who didn't have them really needed and that's ultimately why I ended up wanting to join. I definitely agree with the you know absolute wanting to help aspect wanting to help in any way you can um I remember when I when I started milk as sort of the OG execs you know and me coming in as a general member like trying to build the club and starting out it felt so scrappy and then like we grew so like man brian and francesca here oh my god we grew the club so much and made it so strong I mean, it's pretty amazing inspiring um i mean what made me want to advocate more for mental health is um I'm gay and grew up, you know, sort of a very Roman Catholic extended family and had, you know, a lot of internalized homophobia around them as well. And, you know, when you're in the closet, you suffer alone. And when you have, you know, a lot of mental health issues, often enough, you suffer alone too. And so that kind of parallel, you know, I felt like I wanted to help and learn more about it and, you know, get involved in any way I could. Thank you for your responses. It was really great to like, I'm, like, kind of like, get the knowledge in as a current local exec, sink it in for a second. And I guess my next question for a special guest is how MOOC impacts your life. We already kind of talked about this, but you can also mention the best part of MOOC. And you can talk about how self-care you use in college. And if you do talk about your habits and how self-care helped you benefit yourself in college. 
I can start off. So how has milk impacted my life? Like a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I like learned so much and I gained like this big sense of family and community um, for the first time in my life. It was just like really interesting to be passionate about something. Um, and like, I would put milk before like anything else. And it was just crazy to like have this sort of love for something to help people. Um, and I think I learned a lot about myself and I, not, I think I do know, I learned a lot about myself and, um, advocacy and, and how to help people and that, you know, having tough conversations are needed and in high school and in the real world. And it did set me up for a lot, um, going into college. Um, I guess talking about self-care, it's tough when you're in college. You know, I would be lying if I said like I self-care all the time in college. It's just not true. But sometimes you just got to take a step back and realize what you need and to set boundaries and things in that sort. Um, I think one thing that like if I had to take away one thing that milk has given me, it it, it not only gave me a family, but it also gave me um it showed me that people also care and that if that small community of people in Stanford at AIT care, then there are people in the real world who do care too. And you need to gather those people to continue to get your voices heard and that, you know, you're not alone. And I think that's the best part of it is because I've also gained that sense of community in college working in active minds. Um, so it's just shown that there are people who really do care about mental health advocacy and, when you work together, real change can actually happen. I agree wholeheart wholeheartedly with everything Geraldine just said. Uh, really, I think what I took away from my experience at Milk is, uh, you know, how to create those communities, and uh, especially being on the exec board, uh, how to develop certain skills to lead communities and be a member of them. Um, I can't tell you, you know, how weird of an experience it was, you know, hosting a general member meeting when, you know, you are supposedly in charge and you have to, you know, help organize an event as a, you know, high school student, uh, 16, 17, 15. Yeah, that was just such a, um, you know, a different experience for me. And um, the fact that we were all passionate about this same idea of mental health awareness, um, everyone being able to come together on that common ground was such a wonderful experience. And I think it, well, again, I, I know that it did help with my college experience. Uh, I developed a lot of leadership skills that I would probably not have uh, had if not for milk. Um, yeah, like Brian said, like trying to organize these events and like trying to put together all this like ideas and so forth, especially trying to figure out like what direction we want to take the club and was a learning experience for sure. Um, and I feel like I developed a lot of leadership skills, but for me, Milk also helped give me like an extra support system that I thought I didn't need, but turned out I really did need um, to have like Lori and the other execs um, and even like my general members who 
I was in charge of and like a lot of people in the club um, to have that extra support system, that extra group of friends was it was very nice and very much so needed. Um, even now, I believe like some of them will still text happy birthday or like if I see some of you guys around, like I try my best to say hi. Um, like going into college, um, I know at least for my freshman year of college, um, like my English projects, they focused around activism and like at Drexel, they have you take like um, somewhat of like an activism course. Um, so to be able to utilize like what I used in Milk and do something similar in university was nice. Um, and I was able to connect the two. Um, at Drexel, they actually didn't really have many mental health um, clubs or anything. So, um, and the process to start a club was pretty difficult. So I wasn't able to do much in that regard, but um, what I was able to do was then instead like do some local stuff um, and like some local volunteer work. Um, and even just to help my friends, like some of the resources and packets that um, we like put together in Milk, I gave to some friends of mine, some people in other classes who like would come up to me because one of the takeaways I got from Milk was like being much more open with my mental health, help others to be open with it. Like it encouraged some people I knew to go to therapy or even at least just give therapy a shot, even if they didn't stick with it. Um, and actually one of the biggest things that helped me in college that I got from Milk was like with advocacy, you learn to stand up for others and to help stand up for yourself. And um, probably one of the hardest things for me in college was um, when I found out like halfway through that uh, my diagnosis was actually incorrect. So I got my diagnosis my freshman year of college changed and I had to go to my school's disability office to get accommodations um, because like medication changes and so forth was starting to impact my grades. Um, and using like what I learned in, from milk, like I was able to stand up for myself, I was able to advocate for myself, get the resources and help I needed. And um, I wasn't afraid to like stand up to professors, to stand up to the school and so forth to like get the help that me and my friends needed. But I think without milk, I would have been very much more afraid to do that. <laughs> um, and I guess in terms of like self-care, like some of the stuff that, um, we learn so like doing mindfulness, like practicing gratitude or just learning to disconnect yourself from everything, um, having therapy, going to my friends and just keeping those healthy habits even when it's the last thing I wanna do was probably what helped keep me sane throughout college. Um, I think the biggest way that sort of milk has impacted my life 
both while I was a general member, then an exec, and now is just sort of um, empowering me to, to own my experience and to really use that to make others feel comfortable um, and to help others sort of navigate their own lives. Everyone's dealing with their own with their own stuff, with stress. I know that a lot of us are saying that we're feeling overwhelmed and anxious recently. And I think that like I can attest to that most of the time. Um, joining Milk really told me that, you know, your feelings are valid. And there are so many other people who care about sort of approaching mental health from such an open and honest perspective. And I think I've really taken that to college with me, especially in how I practice self-care, which is kind of telling myself that I can take a day off sometimes. Um, and especially that health is wealth and that includes your mental health. So um, because I do live in sunny New Orleans now, I take advantage of a lot of time outside for self-care. Um, I'll go out and take walks in the park right near campus um, because I like joined a club sport. I get to go practice outside a bunch. Um, and I think that's been really, really great for my mental health. And I definitely learned a lot about that and advocated for a lot um, of those sort of properties when I was in milk. Milk has definitely had a big impact on yeah a lot of my life i think i totally agree with brian as far as leadership skills go definitely and i, th I think the good kind of leadership skills not in just knowing how to you know order people around but knowing how to interact with people who you know want the same thing you do who want the best for other people and that is just, that is like huge if you know how to get along with a team and sort of bring out other people's strengths and let them thrive you know that's really all you can ask for in someone who's quote unquote in charge um and i think it also milk also showed me both being a general member and an exec that you can definitely change public perception if you're stubborn enough you know if you're stubborn you don't give up and you're definitely willing to fight with administration you can you know catch eyes and change minds and you know it sort of depends on how involved you are how much you put in um and i think that's a really really good metaphor for like all kinds of ways of working all kinds of um just the amount of effort and i guess on the self-care topic do i prioritize it probably not Probably not, you know, as, as as much as I should. Um, I think it definitely goes sort of in flux, you know, some weeks, good weeks, some weeks, you know, leave a little bit to be desired. You know, therapy definitely helps. Um, you know, if you think it might help or trying it, et cetera, you know, I think we've all probably advocate or, or you know, advised or therapy to certain people as, you know, hey, this might help, give it a shot. Um, and you know, I left. I was in a really intense program. I left it um, and stick stuck with one. And exercise helps. And oh my god, sleep, sleep. Um, just to add on, although I didn't graduate, I, I just want to answer this question too. I feel like milk had an impact on me. So um, I think the main thing it taught me is that like life is more than just academics. Like this is idea of like connecting to people 
and like bringing that change. I remember when I first became an executive as a sophomore, I would go back and drive and look at the old literature. And I think it just inspired me to like keep on moving. And I also remember the document with all the old executives, how like some of them graduated from 2016 or 2018. Um, and I just look back at it. And um, I don't know if you guys like a saw a TV show, um, like Avatar The Last Avenger, where like Aang just went to the Avatar state and he would just like go back and look at all the old avatars and like, get inspiration from them. Like I always had to have those moments, like looking back at those stuff. And as a sophomore, I would like look up to seniors like Emma, Julia, and Ella. And I think I think in a way it just let me grow as like as an individual, as a social activist, and just as like a human being too. So um yes, the impact it had on me. Um, for me, um, I think I said before that I'm not like specifically doing advocacy work, but um, the lessons I've learned to milk have carried with me throughout my uh, college experience. Um, I've been in situations where I've had to uh, call an ambulance on my friend for having a really bad panic attack. Um, and I've been in situations where um, I have felt that it was not a safe space. Um, and in these situations, it becomes very, very difficult to know exactly what to do. And I feel like with milk, I was like really, really helped and was able to make the right decisions. Um, and for that, I'm very appreciative. Um, also, as a prospective teacher, um, I think one of the biggest things that some teachers forget to or don't do um, when like educating children is providing a space where children are able to like be themselves and not feel like shame from like talking about things they're not able to talk about. Um, and then from that perspective, I really value like the health of a classroom in that sense. Um, if a child isn't like able to like talk about what's going on in their life, how are they gonna focus in the classroom? Um, and so that kind of thing, I think will stick with me for the rest of my life. So one question I have for all of them, former executives was how was milk um like when you in your high school times i can uh start us off here as uh one of the representatives of the first exec board um i i really kind of had the feeling like we were the new kids on the block and for the most part besides maybe a little bit of administrative uh, butting heads here and there we were kind of welcome, welcomed with open arms in the school community. Um, our membership grew very quickly, very steadily. I remember I, I had a lot of friends who were on Stanford High's executive board. And uh, St Milk at Stanford High, I believe it started a couple years before it did at AIT. And uh, what I always found interesting was one of the problems Stanford High, for whatever reason, their milk club always had an issue with um, boys and girls for the membership where they had not, uh, they had a problem attracting men to the club. And for AITE, I never really felt um, that was an issue at all. It felt like a very um, good representation of the school. And I just thought that was super interesting with our club that uh, didn't really seem to be the case at other schools. I, I can go following that um, because I was kind of the new e-board like after Brian and Fran have left. 
So we, you know, continued just the same things that we were doing with tabling at, during lunch and, you know, our literature, but we did have like a new group of um, execs. And then I actually was on the exec board for three years. So I was a sophomore exec on the exec board from sophomore to senior year. So I've seen it change from time to time. I will say one of the biggest like change we had in my time of those three years was when we changed from only advocating for mental health to advocating for mental health and sexual um, assault awareness and sexual harassment. And I know for a fact that this was a big change because as Brian said, we did, we continuing after those three years of me being on the exec board, we did have administrative pushback a lot. Um, and it was really, really difficult. And especially on the topic of, um, you know, sexual harassment, like awareness, like that was like, I guess, even more of a touchy subject. Um, and this was my senior year. So it was, you know, trying to adapt and like changing like literature and adding more events and, you know, just how can we make sure that it's a smooth transition and then continuing on after we leave. Um, but I know we added a lot of new type of events. Um, my favorite thing that I'll always remember from Milk was the sticky note event. Um, and that was that happened during my time. And we did like this huge thing at, at lunch. And I think a lot of students were understanding like what milk was and what we were trying to do. There were a lot of events that were trial and error. Um, some events came back for years after. And I know like the candy grams that you guys do on Christmas that continues. And there are things that just do not continue. And that's okay because there's a change in. The type of students that go to AITE, there's a change in administrative um, things within that sort. But I've, uh, when I was on the exec my sophomore year, it was transitioning from the OG exec team to this is a new type of exec to my junior year, where it was kind of very steady of, all right, we're going to keep on going, adding new things, um, keep mental health advocacy. And then to my senior year, where we're adding this new topic. Where do we go from here and how can we make sure it's relevant to us high schoolers? So it was really interesting to see that change within the three years and to be in a different e-board within three years. Um, definitely, you know, a lot of new things I've learned from a lot of other people, but overall, I think we were able to engage more students as more years gone by. And I agree with Brian, we did not have like an issue with the balance of boys and girls I think we had a perfect balance and I think that made me really happy because it goes to show that it not only affects just this one certain type of group in high school it affects everybody and I think because we were also such a small school we we're able to spread our message across very easily um, and very strongly. Um, to add on to Geraldine a little bit, because um, I was an exec, the whole time I was an exec member, I was on the board of Geraldine. Um, I actually joined as a general member sophomore year. Um, and at the beginning of sophomore year, there happened to be six exec members. And by the end, there happened to be three. Um, and that, like, from a general member's perspective, I was like, is the club going to be okay? Like, like what's going to happen? Um, and I'm glad that I was able to be a part of the uh, exec exec board and really like like bring milk to like new heights. Um, I also like 
during senior year, there was the part that I remember the most. There was a long period of time where the board, the exec board wasn't doing the best mental health wise. Um, and I felt like that really impacted the club. And what I remember the most is like us all talking about like what was going on in our lives and like really sharing everything. Um, and that has stuck with me for a very long time. Um, and I feel like like um, the exec board being a reflection of like what the general members should feel, um, I think is a point that I hope has lasted um, since our time as execs. I think I definitely remember more than anything else. Is my is my mic on? Oh, it's on. Good. Keep that in. More than anything else, I remember excitement from everybody in the club. Just the sort of even gathering for events, gathering on gathering at lunches, gathering on Fridays, doing something about something that's so important to all of us and to all of our friends too is sort of coming together. And, and I, I think one of the best senses of community that I think looking back, a lot of us can probably go, geez, we, you know, maybe really missing that is sort of impressive, unbelievably impressive for high school students to have that kind of community and that kind of support behind something so important. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things I remember about milk is in my freshman year it growing to or, or it being I don't know a small club small club and all the people who wanted to join, all the general members and whatever who wanted to join and all the execs you know fitting in a little classroom and listening to the presentation and then and some people coming some people you know following through and after like three years that oh my god we had grown to like 50 or 60 people it was wild and wildly cool. Can I just add real quickly that we ended up becoming like the biggest club at AITE and like the as years followed by. So it was awesome. Like because it just goes to show that people really care. That's it. Sorry. We are, I'd love are to... still the biggest. Oh, sorry. We're still I was, I was just going to ask that. So you are still the biggest. Yeah, we have around 100-ish members. If you're talking about kids who actually show up, the numbers kind of vary. But like our actual general member list is around 100 kids. We're still the biggest AIT and now the second largest activism organization in the state of Connecticut. Let's go. Love to hear that. That's awesome. We're still doing pretty well. That's very comforting to hear. <laughs> Um, I guess I can go next. Like, I mean, like Brian said, when we started, um, Milk at AITE was like new, like we were the newest chapter in the district, like Stanford High had been there for like almost a decade already. West Hill had started like a year or two prior to us. So we were like the newest group um, in the district. And um, I mean, it, uh, in the beginning, we were definitely trying to figure out, like, all right, what do we want to, like, where do we want to start? What do we want to target? And, like, in the beginning, like, I think, if I remember correctly, like, we focused on, like, all right, well, how do we tackle this big problem around, like, the stigma of mental health? And so we decided, like, the first step would be, like, um, education and awareness. And, like, that's how we 
decided to proceed like that was the first idea when we started and then from there we were like all right how do we expand so we're not just targeting like AITE but that we're expanding and like how going into the community spreading awareness in the community and so forth and um being able to like partner up with uh Stanford High and West Hill on their community events was um a lot of fun and it felt like we were making more of a difference also like because we definitely were doing we're making changes and making progress in high school and like in our high school community but to be able to then step outside of that bubble of like being a high school student and expanding into the community and trying to make more of a difference um was very um almost almost like satisfying but like in the way of like i feel like i'm making a difference um like brian said we also did have some administrative pushback uh especially our senior year um we had to um figure out how to approach topics tactfully how to do things well there were certain topics where um we decided maybe it was best to step back for a minute switch things out um how there was like a i believe there was like one event where uh it was um for trichotillomania where the wording wasn't quite correct and so we were like all right well we took the feedback uh where we apologized for the way we worded something and then we moved forward and um and um so yeah, so a lot of like milk when I was an exec was how do we start milk off on the right foot? Where do we start? Uh, where do we want the club to go in the future? How do we want the club to like, basically how to set milk up for success? Because we had like maybe a year, year and a half to kind of get milk off the ground running. And I feel like we did that. Um, like we went to the board of ed, we helped push policies and it i feel like milk had a great start and to see it continue to grow and to see like what the eboards after us did is just it's such an amazing feeling can i add something on the top on francesca's topic of what the what the exact words accomplished and conflict definitely i, I remember in my time there was even you know a fair amount of conflict on the executive board sometimes you know, I think Milk's identity was still developing. And I can remember one particular event, um, Drop Dead Day, caused conflict between like, oh my God, some of the meetings, it was, there's conflict with organization, with the whole idea, how it was going to be carried out, how it was going to be both sensitive and effective, and certainly conflict with administration. Um, and you know some i mean 2020 vision looking back but also i mean it's part of taking risks um for those who don't know what drop dead day was it was uh is is everybody seen it in the, the previous um ones yeah the demonstration of suicide awareness so you know laying on the on the ground um so very in your face um but also 
I think it was a good example of, you know, taking a risk and, you know, it wasn't my event, and, you know, I had some pushback with some of how it was going to be organized. I just fully admit to it. Um, but I think it was a really good example of taking risk as an organization and standing behind it, even if you don't agree with all of it personally. All right, so thank you for your uh, for sharing. Uh, so our next question, uh, it can kind of be more general or about milk if you want it, but if you could do anything differently in high school, what would it be? I'll go. <laughs> I talk about this all the time, <laughs> but I was very full force in high school. Like I want to be an engineering major, engineering, 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 and that's the type of school that I went to a political science major now. <laughs> um, I think what I would have done differently is kind of step back and realize what my passion was, which was advocacy. And that's why I love milk so much. Um, and kind of use that passion into what I wanted to do forward into my future. Um, and I, I still think that I am not too late with what I want to do and like where I am in my life or like what I what I want to do in my future career and everything. But definitely sometimes I do wish back in high school I realized that and that it was hard though to kind of realize it because you did go to a you know a tech school in a sense and everyone around you wants to do that. So you're just sitting there like okay I should do it too um but you know things happen for a reason and that's okay and I've learned like what my life should be like well not what my life should be like what my past should be and I enjoy it now but definitely it was really hard for four years to be like I really want to do engineering and then come to college and realize that wasn't for me um, and I hate when my own plans change, but it's okay. We adapt and we learn. Um, so that's one of the biggest thing I wish I did differently in high school. There's a perfect particular teacher that I wish did not force me as much to do that as I wanted to, but uh, it's okay. It's fine. And here I am now and the teacher will not be named, but it's okay because I'm here now and I'm doing what I been passionate about and I'm continuing. So you learn and you grow and it's good. Um, I'll go. Um, so for me, um, I don't, usually when I'm asked this type of question, I like to say that I don't regret any of the choices I've made. Um, because I wouldn't be the person I am if I didn't make those choices. Um, however, if I was to pick one thing, I think it would probably be like being closer with my high school classmates. Um, I don't really, I don't think I was like really close with like anyone in high school. Um, I most, like I've sat with people, sure. And I like talked with people, sure. But I wouldn't consider myself like close friends with anyone in high school. And even now, like, Aside from this, I don't think I've talked to you, Geraldine, and like since high school, right? Um, like mm -hmm. I wish I had spent more, made more of an effort to like uh, be better friends with people. Um, and it's something that in college I really worked to fix, and I'm um, grateful that I was able to do that. But um, it's probably the number one regret I have about high school. And we can catch up now. We can. It's okay. But, but it's okay. Maybe, podcast. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I was definitely a bit removed from some people and from friends, you know, working too. But um, I think my God, regrets. I think maybe I should have had a better balance of academics and music in high school. I think I definitely, definitely relate to Geraldine and being shoehorned into something. I think I was sort of forcing myself into, I was going to be a concert pianist, was concert pianist, um, and was thinking only that, only, and, you know, at the expense of academics and certain classes, um, you know, the GPA did all right, but you know, you look at the transcript and you know, it sort of thins out the glasses. I was like, okay. Um, but I do agree with what uh, Brian said at first that you know, if you didn't make the decisions and be the person you were in high school, you wouldn't be the person you are today. And I think we're a lot of us are pretty, you know, goal oriented, introspective people. And when you make those kinds of decisions, like the really important decisions, but you make them for yourself, even if it's correcting something like that's, that's life. And that's a good decision too. Um, I can go next. Um, I think for me, um, I don't regret very much of high school, but I think one thing um, I do regret is um, probably being more honest with myself about what was going on in my life and going on in terms of like my mental health and some other situations I had going on. Because um, had I been more honest with myself, I think I've, um, like earlier, I mentioned like how I had a diagnosis change in my freshman year of college. Um, and it was, um, and what led to that diagnosis change was just, I was going over my history with like a new doctor and like I mentioned a few things from high school that like I had kind of glossed over when I was getting help and um, seeing my care team. And it was like something that I thought was like something small. It was literally just my sleep schedule and like about how, um, and about like how impulsive or not impulsive or how I was making decisions about things in my life. And just if I had stopped disregarding like even just the smallest things, it could have changed a lot about my future and how things went later in my life. But um, yeah, I think had I been more honest about things, I could have um, probably gotten better help and maybe, um, reached out to like support reached out to adults and reached out to like professionals um about things like mental health things going on socially and just um made things easier for myself later on Did you experience a culture shock in in your college or community with respect to like other people's stance on mental health? I can uh, start this one off. 
I definitely felt so I as I mentioned before I went to Emory University in Atlanta and I personally really felt a culture shock in a good way like it was not to say that AIT I never really felt they were anti uh, mental health awareness they were always for the most part you know very willing to work with us um but at Emory I really felt that um mental health was very, very important to them. And they were really, really good about um, educating students on mental health. And I, like, I remember, you know, at the time I thought like, oh, why do I have to get up Friday, 10 a.m. to take this class? But there was a mandatory course for all students that was, you know, partially physical health awareness, but really a majority of it was spent on mental health awareness and it kind of explaining to you what resources the school had to offer in case you uh, were going through a crisis and so on and so forth. And I just was kind of blown away by the upfront, um, them, you know, not only just giving this information, but making it mandatory for everyone to learn it that's how important they felt it was. And I thought it was super useful. Um, you know, when I had a bit of a mental health crisis towards the end of college, um, you know, I knew where to look, where to go. And the university was super, super helpful and uh, forgiving and really, really kind of helped me work through that, uh, that time. And it was great. For me, I wish I went to Emory learning that, um, <laughs> but um, unfortunately, UConn, UConn community, like the students itself, they all had the same stance as, you know, how we all do on mental health, how it's important, you know, we're living our college lives being stressed and dealing with anxiety and test anxiety, so we as students understood it, as the college, the university as a whole did not. Unfortunately, my freshman year here at UConn, we lost three students' lives due to suicide. And it was one of the hardest things that our community had gone through. And it was really hard for me because I chose a university that kind of like didn't care about it. And we went to protest um, about more mental health um, changes. So interesting thing about UConn where our mental health services are is in an academic building on the fourth floor and that was actually supposed to be a temporary space it has been more than five years now that it's been there and we've recently just made a new gym that's now that we have to pay off our tuition and at that same time where they were charging us for the rec they were going to take away money from our mental health services so there's been a lot of backlash, like things that are happening within the university as a whole. And it hurts because myself and students that I know really need things like this. And so with what I'm a part of here at UConn, we're trying to make sure that students are getting the resources that they need. Shaw, which is what we call our mental health service here at UConn, we have a lot of um, therapists come and go because they get better positions, they get you know, all the better like job opportunities or they're going off to universities where their mental health services are free and they want to be able to help more students in that type of sense. So unfortunately, I went from high school where it was 
very talked about. And, you know, even though we got pushback from administrative, I feel like Milk itself and Lori and there were um, teachers in AIT who understood to my whole university as a whole, like I'm fighting against my whole university. Like that's really tough because it's a lot of people. And um, at this protest that we went to after this thing happened freshman year, we went to the trustee meeting. We were supposed to speak at 1230. They went over us and told us to go at the end. This is at a time where the trustees, you know, are done with the day. They're tired of listening to people. And a lot of trustees have left at this point. And so we're angry because it really goes to show that they quite literally did not care. So slowly but surely, you know, we're educating our students more about like where mental health resources are and things of that sort, because there are students who transfer into UConn or just don't know where to go. So I think that's great. And the people that I surround myself around with or what I've done already so far with the, with active minds of what I've done already, a lot of people are getting to have that understanding about mental health and that there are students that care, but the university as a whole, we feel as if they don't care. So unfortunately, I've had to do with that. And as much as I try and change and do a lot of things with it, our university is just weird. It's, it's, it's very crazy. And it's hard to like, you know, get a hold of somebody if people keep leaving and things are changing and things of that sort. So it's really unfortunate that we had to deal with that. But I will give a shout out to the psychology majors because they put like mental health resources on their syllabus. And they really, really push for students to have like mental health days and things are important. And there are professors that I've run across that give us mental health days just because they want us to. And I really enjoy that, but that's not everybody. So unfortunately, I went from a very like good glued like community and mental health is important to not so. Yeah, my experience, unfortunately, was similar to Geraldine's where um, the, like at AITE, it was, like, at least it was a conversation. Um, and, like, people were doing things to have, like, we were making changes, like, teachers were, like, helping us out and stuff. Whereas, like, at Drexel, like, it was almost non-existent. Um like when we lost students, unfortunately, like they would they would send out like the university wide email being like, if you need help, like here are resources, et cetera. But other than that, like it, if there were re like we had resources, but they were kind of hidden almost like we had the we had like where students can have like a free session a month or whatever. And like there was the sliding scale um, that they offered students if they needed help or treatment. But for the most part, they were like, oh, you actually have a diagnosis. You need to go outside the university. We can't help you. Or if you had disability accommodations, you like, first of all, to get the accommodations, like um, for me personally, it took me like almost an entire term. Um, it took me six weeks to even have the interview and then another two weeks to actually get the accommodations instated. Um, I had to fight professors. I had professors straight up ignore my accommodations and I had to report them to the disabilities office. Disabilities office barely helped me when I had mental health crisis. Um, I had to have like my care team call them and be like, hey, what's going on? Like it, um, 
it was not great and um it definitely was a huge shock it was very frustrating um because like well drexel was great for like activism and like other topics given that it's like in philly and so forth it when it came to mental health or other um topics it just they were almost silent really like we had a nami chapter and they ended up leaving i believe like they just they couldn't get enough support i think we had an active minds chapter open up like later on in my college career but it um there weren't a lot of resources so if you need to help you kind of had to like go outside the university um and just um even amongst the students like because a lot of students came from like um kind of like almost middle of nowhere or like way out in pa or just like way out new jersey um they just people were like very quick to judge you if you were having mental health like professors were very quick to like weaponize um things against you i had one professor where like i went to him i showed him proof like someone i was close to kind of passed, and i asked for extension on my homework and it, it got denied and i almost had to retake the class um so um it was very upsetting um to see like the very huge difference in going from like a community and a school district where like at least the board of ed will listen to you at least like you know the district will listen to you here to then having a like Geraldine said, go against your university, go against like this huge body organization and be like, hey, like, can I get some help here? Um, definitely a huge difference. Um, on my end, I probably like my um, Tufts, I think is somewhere in the middle of Geraldine and um, Francesca versus Brian, but much closer to the Geraldine Francesca uh, Fran side. Um, like in every single syllabus, um, they give like, um, if you need like accommodations or help, they give all the resources and that's for every single class, which is great. Um, but the problem is that the resources that they do have um, is significantly lacking. Like I've had a friend who was like almost suicidal and she got an appointment to go to uh, the, whatchamacallit, uh, the therapists on campus, but it was for like a month later um, and she needed it like now. Um, and like that kind of thing is just like not great. Um, I've personally been lucky to surround myself with people who really care about mental health. Um, and I've been a part of a lot of great communities um, who really see the value in sharing like and like um, destigmatizing mental health. Um, and it's not that Tufts, like my professors have also been very accommodating. So it's not like it's not like the same as like, oh, my professors suck um, in, in that sense. It's more of a we don't have the proper resources to help everyone on campus, which I think is a big problem. Um, but it i think it is better than um like teachers being mean to you just because you have a mental health disorder so a little better still not great all right uh, so uh we'll move on to the next question which is open to everyone so how receptive 
argue to other causes in like the field of activism. Uh, I can start us off. Uh, I'm gay, as the really small inch of the pride flag on my wall shows, and I'm also brown, so everything about my existence is unfortunately inherently politicized. So um, when I get into college, I hope that I have time and resources to get involved in more like political advo advocacy causes beyond mental health. Um, anyone else want to share? I can share. So like I said earlier, I still continue in mental health advocacy, but I also um, help advocate for immigrants and undocumented immigrants um, here in Connecticut here at school. I'm not as involved as I want to be, but I've been able to go to events and just be able to hear out people as someone who has, um, you know, know people and family members who deal with things in that sort you know that's why i'm very receptive to, to that because it affects me and people that i love and people that i know and i know it's very hard um and you know just like enzo you were saying how you hope to continue activism in college to do it that's where you get to learn a lot more and take those activism classes take those human rights classes if your university wherever you go to accepts them because you get to have really interesting conversations with people who agree with you and disagree with you but you know you're able to gain different people's perspective and it goes to show like how passionate you can be about something and um, and this goes for all of you too, um, who are in high school. Um, I think, you know, continue your passion. And if there's something else you're passionate about, definitely advocate on it and speak out about it and share your story if you relate to it. Um, and I know no one can see me like after the podcast is like actually runs through, but I'm Latina. So I also deal with a lot of things and a lot of different stories. So uh, definitely, I'm very open-minded to just hearing out other people and continuing and creating change because definitely there needs to be a lot of things that need to be fixed in this world, so. I think um, also a majority of my activism has been through mill talking about mental health, but um, I've also done like branched out things. So I did um, like a gun violence vigil where we sort of like sat down and talked about it. And like we shared our stories, we talked with the mayor and I think that's something I've really been passionate about. Also in recent years, I've gotten more involved in the Jewish community. So I grew up Jewish, but I didn't have both of my parents who were Jewish. So it was sort of like a weird uh, combination. And as I got older, I got more and more involved in my community and like listening to the different issues and sort of like learning about anti-Semitism because I'd always been like very like protected in a place that had a lot of Jewish people. And I'd always felt really comfortable in my identity and sort of just being like super open about the fact that like, hey, you're like, I'm Jewish, who cares? Like half of the people you know are also probably Jewish. But then like, as I got older, I sort of started to realize that changes a little bit. And I started teaching at my temple and working with younger kids and sort of showing them like, and they would ask us all these questions, like, why don't I celebrate Christmas? Like, why do my friends get to do all this stuff? And it became really important to me to teach these kids why their parents wanted them to be in Hebrew school, why we wanted them to feel comfortable with their Jewish identity and like why we wanted them to grow up to be Jewish adults, because it's not always super fair. Like my dad grew up in the South, like a Jew in the South, which is always kind of interesting because he was not like most of the kids he knew. And I think it a lot of my activism sort of recently has grown into the Jewish community and talking about, you know, how it's different and why we care and why we want to be inclusive. So I think a majority of my activism has been through milk. In recent years, it's expanded to talking 
about um, things like gun violence and like different issues within the Jewish community and you know like why we want kids to you know feel comfortable in expressing who they are within our community. Um, along with everyone else, I do feel as though most of my activism comes from milk. But another way I uh, promote activism is uh, the Stanford Board of Education, the Student Advisory Board. So when I was in eighth grade, so two years ago, um, for my Girl Scout, for Girl Scout project, I had to do a community service project. And I um, decided, I realized that, you know, it's so important for our, our students to raise our voices and talk about things that are going on in the schools. Because I mean, after all, we are the ones that are trying to benefit and we're seeing every day. So I realized that there wasn't really anywhere for students to share their opinions and raise their voices. So I wanted to change that. And I uh, helped get the idea in motion to um, create the student advisory board and after pushing a lot for it and sending a lot of emails and holding a lot of meetings um, it eventually happened which I was very uh, grateful for because now I attend those meetings regularly if I am able to um, and I kind of I'll go on no matter what the topic is because I always like hearing what other people have to say or if it's a topic if I don't know something about you know I can learn about it and share I can maybe learn with something and then realize oh I know this about this topic I want to share my opinions and try to get something changed and I'm also so glad there has been um, some change that has happened through it like I believe the cell phone policy and the dress code policy which we're trying to pass now um, there's a lot of things that have happened and activism that happens through that now which I'm so glad to see. Um, so for me, um, uh, definitely open and receptive to other topics, like, uh, in case people don't know, Drexel is actually in Philadelphia, so we're a battleground state, it's in a battleground state, so we get, like, you know, all the politicians coming to campaign, and, like, we have, like, a lot of the protests and so forth, so, like, while I wasn't very active in terms of, like, doing advocacy in my college, I did go to like a lot of protests. I did go to like uh, anytime there was a politician speaking, I went to those. Um, a lot of the students would also like do uh, protests and marches and so forth. So like I did go to a lot of those fortunately. So um, uh, so while I didn't get to do as much as I wanted to do with uh, in terms of advocacy in my school, I did get to go to a lot of those uh, marches and do a lot of that. Um, Advocacy has something I've been wanting to get back into. Not quite sure how, but I've been uh, trying to work myself back into that. Um, I do, I am very involved with like the local politics here in Stanford and in Connecticut. Like um, I help out the Democratic uh, Party here. So, um, you know, doing phone calls, door knocking, like trying to get word out there, going to the marches, talking to like our politicians, um, trying to get my voice out. I've gone to like the hearings and stuff. So starting somewhere. Um, but yeah, in Philadelphia, just seeing a lot of perspectives, seeing a lot of like uh, different topics and people caring about those topics, how it impacts them and stuff was a huge contribution. And like in Philadelphia and at Drexel, one of the main topics they focused on was like, um, like violence and immigration and stuff because of the population in Philadelphia and because of the neighborhoods there. That was like the main um, topic when it came to uh, advocacy, activism, social change and so forth. Um, for me, um, the greatest activism I've done has been mostly in the classroom. Um, I'm a STEM ambassador at Tufts, which basically means I get to go to high schools and talk about um, what it means to be a STEM major and 
um, helping people of disadvantaged um, communities and groups show like it's okay to be a STEM major and it's like cool to be a STEM major, um, which is interesting considering I'm probably the least STEMI STEM person I know. But one of the things that I really care about is like STEM isn't just like engineering and science. It can be a lot of different things. Um, I'm currently doing a thesis on the intersection between math and music, for instance. Um, and I think that like that kind of thing, like STEM is not some, like people think of STEM and they're like, oh, um, that's just like a lot of numbers and I'm not very good with numbers and I'm not a numbers person, so I'm not gonna do STEM. Um, and I, I really feel like that's okay. I was never a numbers person, um, but I'm still a math major and I still love doing it. And I still plan on um, math as a career um teaching math um and so i basically my my activism is like i go around to people and i i go around to high schoolers and i say hey stem isn't exactly what you think it is there's so much more to stem than what meets the eye um and i think it's really important so that's what i do mostly Okay, um, if everybody feels, unless there's somebody else who wants to go, I think we're gonna move on to the next question, which is how do we measure improvements in mental health? This can be how you feel like we do it as a society on a general scale or in your own personal experience. Um, I can go, uh, I'll go quickly, cause I know we're running late, but I would say uh, recently, well, this past year, one of my New Year's resolutions was to, um, is to start journaling. So, I mean, I've never journaled before and I didn't really like look up how to do it. But what I do is I'll write something positive that happened that day or and write something like negative and then any other thing that I just want to like rant about or whatever. Um, but I, what I do is, I guess how I use that to measure my mental health is, you know, maybe one day my mental health wasn't great. And I noticed that I maybe wrote one sentence for the positive thing. And then for the negative thing, um, I wrote like a whole like three or four sentences. Um, and then another day where I, I was, my mental health was doing a bit better. I had more positive uh, than negative. So it is interesting to see, to kind of go back through those different journal, journal entries that I have and see the different days where maybe my mental health was better or my mental health was worse. And also just using uh, maybe if something was bad or if there's anything I could have done to change it, then using that for the future so that there can be more positive things and that my mental health can just be more, uh, can just be better overall. I think sleep and habits has been a big one for me. Um, all of our current milk exec knows and the one who knew last year, my sleep schedule is terrible. Like, it's so awful. Like, I went to bed at 4.30 this week and got up at 6.30 for school. And, like, that's not a super uncommon occurrence. And so sleep for me, like, getting a full night of sleep and, like, getting up and, like, setting myself up a routine, I think, for me is, like, a big measure of how well I take care of my mental health. Um, so, like, I had a debate Saturday. And, like, so Friday night, I made sure I was home early that, like, I had everything set up and, like, laid out. And I think sort of like prepping for the week and just sort of like taking care of myself and just sort of like showing a good feeling and make sure that like I follow through with certain routines even when I don't want to. So if it's like 2 a.m. I just want to go straight to bed like instead like making sure I go take a shower or something like that. So I think just like keeping the enforcement of good habits. Yeah, I agree with all you guys. And for me, it's like, the best way to measure change or like mental health is 
true a way of advocacy and communication. I feel like many times, we can like, especially during, like, during a pandemic, we usually close ourselves and not speak to others. And then like once a couple of months pass by, you kind of feel like you haven't had a lot of communication that someone to speak to. And it can get it can get progressively worse. And I feel like, especially with mental health, when we can't like understand someone's mindset, especially if they're not speaking out loud. I feel like, like especially what we do, like milk and advocacy, I think the best idea of change is through the voices of people and like having a comforting environment. Like when Naomi she wasn't key into this episode. But she make a talk spot. It's basically like green circles. That's all in all high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools. And basically, like you can go to like like the guidance counselor if you need help. And it's all fronted by districts and from milk. And I feel like the best idea is to speak out loud. It's for advocating what you want. And whenever you feel like you want to speak something out loud, even though people disagree with you, it's like the moment to like to speak what you want and just let it shine. Yeah. I really agree with that uh, point, Rashith, and I think it's really important to communicate because that's really the only accurate way that, in my opinion, you can measure your mental health. It's really easy to just kind of get stuck in your own head, and the idea of communicating with someone, whether that be a therapist, a friend, a family member, just kind of sharing with someone else what's going on can make a world of difference uh, than just, you know, focusing on those thoughts yourself and trying to do everything on your own. Uh, it's important to, you know, communicate your ideas, like you said, and also realize that, you know, there are resources and people out there who want to speak with you and want to know what's going on. All right. Um, so, does anybody have anything else they want to add? Um, so bringing our conversation section to a close uh, and wrapping it up. In one word, how do you feel right now? And I'll go first and I'll say enlightened. Optimistic, definitely optimistic, meeting a lot of this new exec board. Like hopeful. Um, I can add on. Um, I feel like water sounds weird, but I feel like water. <laughs> I feel just passionate. This is going to be more than one word, but just glad the passing of the torch really works. I'm going to run with motivated. I'd say I'm excited in parentheses to receive the torch. Um, you all have been so positive so far, but uh, I am probably going to say fatigued because I struggle with talking a lot. So there you go. I'm also going to say tired. <laughs> I'll say nostalgic, although I'm not a former Mokozek. This is kind of cool how everything connects, even though I haven't met you guys ever since. So yeah. You'll be doing the same thing in six years. <laughs> Did we all go? <laughs> okay. 
So for our last question, what makes you happy? Um, I'll go first. What makes me happy is just talking to my friends and having fun with them. Yeah, I'm super similar to Ashlyn, like downtime with the people that I love. So friends, family, maybe even time with myself. Um, I'll have to say seeing things work out as in like it could be like something I made, like if I like wrote a program or something and it works, I start like laughing maniacally. Um, but just in general, like things, things work out, happy endings in movies, you know, makes me really happy. I think what makes me the most happy in general is a good story, whether that's a good book, good movie, good TV show. Uh, for me, I'm personally really excited because I'm in the last uh, two chapters of a really good book. I'm going to finish up right after this podcast, and then I get a good episode of TV waiting for me. So good stories all around. Um, I'll say, I guess similar to Ashlyn, uh, talking to friends, but also not just like talking, but actually having like a good conversation with them and like where it's both, it's two-sided where I'm talking and they're actually listening and then where they're talking and I'm actually listening. I think that makes me happy and it gives me, we both get a lot out of it. So that's what makes me happy. I'm going to take it a different route and just say like sunsets, they always make me happy. And it's just like that feeling of like all day and it's finally calmed down. That's always what we have. Um, uh, for me, oh, go ahead. Okay, I guess I'll go ahead then. Uh, for me, it's definitely being surrounded by people that care about me. Um, yeah, that always makes me happy. <laughs> Uh, spending time with my loved ones, uh, but also just seeing everyone go for what they love instead of just doing what they're told. I think that makes me the happiest is just seeing people reach for their goals and achieve them. I think I'll have to agree with Maggie. Uh, the happiest I've been in a bit was a really profound three-hour conversation I had uh, for Sunday brunch in a diner. So... I go for me of like feeling reassured, like especially as a senior in college apps, it can't kind of like easy to judge yourself. And like having someone to speak to and feeling like everything's gonna be fine at the end of the day makes me happy. Um, for me, it has to be supporting my favorite um soccer team, Liverpool. Yeah. A big thanks to Forum Look Executives, Josh, Emma, Jack, Geraldine, Francesca, and Brian for joining us. We hope you enjoyed enjoy this episode of the Milk Podcast. Stay tuned for next ep for new episodes next month. Make sure you share this with your friends and family. Thank you for joining us, and we will MYL. Yeah, see, I'll you see you later. <laughs>